0: you're listening to the Candid Conversations podcast where we share with you the adventures of small business, the community, and folks in communications.
1: Every three weeks we share behind-the-scenes look of what it's like to be an entrepreneur and we chat with other small business owners and communication specialists about the realities of this line of work.
0: We are your hosts, Chief Technology Officer Dan Nicholson and Chief Communications Officer Sagan Morrow. Candid Conversations is proudly presented by Juxta Communications. This is episode number 10.
1: Thanks to the Gas Station Arts Center for sponsoring this episode.
0: So for this episode, we're interviewing Dr. Linda Hamilton again.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> she, we, uh, we brought her in and the conversation went for, I believe, three hours. It was
0: a long conversation that we had with her.
1: Uh, so, it was fantastic. Oh, it was so good. Uh, so we wanted to break her conversation up into two episodes Uh, this being the final episode of season one.
2: Yeah, so
0: you can listen to her original episode candidpodcast.ca slash ep6 um, and we will get to her interview, the second part of her interview in just a moment. But first of all, let's do our usual uh, catch up on our business. So Today's a little bit different.
1: Yep. Uh, so we're recording this slightly in advance. It's currently September 2? 4th. 4th. It's Labor Day, actually.
0: <laughs> it is. Uh,
1: the reason why we're recording this a little bit in advance is because I currently will be on my honeymoon.
0: Yes. When this podcast episode goes live, Dan will be on his honeymoon, which is so exciting. So there's a lot of uh, wedding planning and wedding happening over the course of september so we we just wanted to get this podcast uh, introduction recording out of the way early on
1: so unfortunately we won't know where our business will be at at this point but yeah. uh we did want to let you know that this is the final episode and we're taking a brief hiatus uh for the new year
0: Yeah, so this is the very last episode of season one of Candid Conversations, which is so exciting that we have done a full first season.
1: Yep. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed it uh, as much as we had fun recording it uh, and interviewing everyone throughout the entire season.
0: Oh, we've had such amazing, amazing guests on the show.
1: Uh, if you need, if you haven't had a chance, I mean, if you're at episode 10, I would imagine you would have listened to the other ones. But if you hadn't had a chance, definitely go back and have a listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- please let us know what you guys think. If you have any questions or anything like that, we would love to answer them uh, and bring on new people into season two because we'll be planning once I get back.
0: Yeah, so definitely tweet at us at Juxtacombs. Uh, just so that you know, you can let us know what you've thought about this first season, what you liked, uh, what you'd like to see in future seasons. And again, we will be taking that hiatus and starting up season two in the new year.
1: Yeah. Um, so, oh, go ahead.
0: And one more thing. We are actually planning, even though we're doing this hiatus, we are planning on releasing a couple more exclusive content episodes. So we've only done one so far where we just talked a lot more in-depth about our business. So I think... You know, maybe during November and December, we might launch another one or two of those talking uh, yeah, between. more in depth about our business. So you can you can sort of look forward to that.
1: And if you're interested in starting your own business and you want to get more on how we've started, uh, go to candidpodcast.ca slash case study. Sagan's been putting together fantastic month by month uh, review on our business. It's very in depth and it's also very transparent. Yes, we share
0: all the nitty-gritty details of our business.
1: Scary. (laughs) So scary. (laughs) Uh, Without further ado, thank you again for listening to the Candid Conversations podcast. And uh, here's the second half of Dr. Linda Hamilton's uh, very mature business, Candid Conversation.
0: We have with us today Dr. Linda Hamilton, who was on the show a few episodes ago. You can listen to that at candidpodcast.ca slash EP6 for part one of her interview. But we just had so many more things that we want to talk about with her that we just had to have her on the show again. So thank you for joining us again, Dr. Hamilton.
2: Oh, thanks very much for having me. I have so much information that I want to share with everyone so
0: last time on episode six we ended off we were talking a little bit about bookkeeping and that kind of thing and so i want to take it back to that conversation and talk a little bit more about payroll because when you first started with your business or i think it was even before you started your business you really didn't like the idea of managing payroll and doing all of that side of things and having employees so how did that actually work for you once you started your business did you find that was payroll as scary as you thought that it was?
2: Yes. <laughs> well, <that's>, okay then. <laughs> so payroll is again—it's one of those things about business that when you go into business and you have an idea, whether it is a bricks-and-mortar veterinary acupuncture business, whether it is a podcasts, something online, regardless, you have to pay. You have to pay, and it's funny in business. You know, it's like, oh, you're you know, you're a business person. You have to pay yourself first. No, you never pay yourself first. You have to pay the government first. That is the first people you have to pay. You have to pay uh, taxes. You have to pay PST, GST. Then you have to pay if you have employees. You have to pay them. Then you have to. You have to pay for your telephone, for your Wi-Fi, for if you have bricks and mortars, for your rent, for your water, for your heat. Then if you have suppliers, veterinary acupuncture, I have to have needles and I have some herbs. You have to have, have, I have to have toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) I have to have a washer and a dryer and I have to have laundry detergent because I have animals coming in. I have to have towels and that kind of thing in case they're wet or in case they're incontinent. So all of those things you have to pay for. And when you first start a business, you never pay yourself first. You're you're lucky if you can pay yourself. I think the government says that when you start a business, they want you to actually be able to pay yourself within the first 5 years. So if you're actually able to pay yourself in the first 5 years you're considered successful. But payroll is payroll and accounting is very scary heck i'm a i'm a veterinarian who does acupuncture i did very well in math when i was in school and i always liked math and i always liked numbers and that probably got me through um again talking to different people what do you do how do you set up a business how how do you how do you do all that and and i found out from other again for for my colleagues other veterinarians um what what kind of uh payroll type services did they use and there's lots of things out there there's and the one i use was quickbooks it was it was easy to set up you load it onto your computer i didn't know all the categories again i happened to be talking to someone uh actually it was one of my clients that i was doing acupuncture on her dog and she said hey there's a really great accountant uh, sort of small family business accountant they're great um uh, I, I know them I strongly recommend you contact them word of mouth went and met them they're my accountants and they're they're wonderful so uh, Mike my accountant shout out to Thornton and company um, Mike helped set up all of my, all of the categories that I needed cuz I didn't know what I needed. So he helped set that up, but then I did my own bookkeeping. Bookkeeping and accounting are are actually two different things. Bookkeeping are when you actually have to put in the 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 rent for the month and the telephone bill and how much you spent on toilet paper and Kleenex and and all of those kind of things that when you have a bricks and mortar building you actually need all of that kind of stuff. So he actually helped me set all that up, and bless his heart. I mean, when I was first starting, it's like, how do I? What is PST, and who do I have to? What do I have to charge? What do I put PST on, and what do I put GST on? And again, it was it was trial by fire. You you had to you have to figure all that stuff out. Um, accountants are good uh, nowadays. There's lots of things um, on the internet so you can figure out what how all that happens I happened to uh, find out about small business week here in Winnipeg which happens for one week every it's either September or October and um, it uh, it was perfect I signed up and I went every day I went to different free lectures and they actually talked about PST and GST and it, it was interesting because they talked about how if you're using your car for part of your business, um, you actually have to you know, track your mileage and you have to figure out if you have one-tenth of your mileage on your car is used for your business, you can only claim one-tenth of your insurance, um, those kind of things. And they even talked about uh, if you have to self-assess. So if you buy something from, say you buy something, my acupuncture needles, for example, are from, are from British Columbia, and when I buy them, I only get charged GST. You in Manitoba, you are supposed to self-assess and self-assess. So means I actually have to pay the government PST, even though I haven't actually paid it when I bought them. And it's all these little details. And and you sit there and go, Gee, do I really need to do this? Um, and uh, and yet I didn't want to ever be audited and, and have somebody say, oh, you haven't done this right. I wanted to be a good citizen and a good business person and not mess with the government and want to do everything right. So I'm probably the only person in the province that actually self assesses and pays my PST. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of businesses out there that people go, yeah, we're just gonna wait until we get audited. So once I had the the QuickBooks all set up, and started entering everything it's it's nice you it, it comes out that looks like little checks when you're writing a check when you're when you're paying a bill and and it takes some time getting used to it I've never done any bookkeeping or accounting so it took a lot of time just to get comfortable with it then I had to figure out how to do payroll and how to do source deductions and do I pay by the hour do I pay by by a salary um, I started off with just paying um, um, by by the hour, and then I was like, "Oh, I have to choose: is it once a month? Is it twice a month? Is it every two weeks?" It's like, "Oh my gosh!" All of these decisions to make. And then um, when I first started out eleven years ago, you actually would get. Discs, CDs from the government that you'd put into your computer, and that they would come up with the amounts that you would deduct from the paychecks um, for 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 taxes, for for um, uh, CPP and uh, and EI. it's um, it called? Something else now? Employment. Ins- it's uh, um, in- employment. Employment e- insurance. Employment yeah. insurance. Yeah. EI. Yeah. Um, and now you can do everything online but it still takes a lot of time to figure out what numbers you put in and and then you have to submit to the government you have to do that every month um, and I was very good at submitting all of my things I you had to do it by it might be the 15th of the month or the 20th of the month. One time, I had actually had, and this is back in the old days when I would write out a check um, for the government with source deductions, and I would take it to the bank, which was at the time just a half a block away, and just hand it over, get the stamp um, on, the, on the check. And one time, I had the check written, it was busy day, I thought, oh, I'll just go to the bank tomorrow. Um, and then the next day was busy, I think it was two days later when I handed in my check, happened to be two days past the deadline. That was an incredible mistake. I was charged hundreds and hundreds of dollars in penalties. I couldn't believe it. I thought every month for, you know, the first year and a half or two years that I was, had my business, I was paying everything on time. And one time I'm two days late and I was charged hundreds of dollars in penalties. And I just thought, this isn't fair.
1: I'm just picturing It's a Wonderful Life with Mr. Potter in a little bit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is, at the end of the year, you have to fill in, you have to do T4s for your employees. Um, uh, And again, I did all of this my own because that, that was more bookkeeping. My accountant actually figured out how much taxes i had to i had to pay and and what i could use for write offs you know if i'm going away to a conference then i have to pay for you know airfare and everything but i don't i get to write that off as a business expense uh, people always think business expenses oh it's a business expense you just write it off and it People, I think when if they don't own a business, they just think, oh, it's just free, but it's not. You still have to pay for it. You just don't have to pay as much tax at the end. <laughs> so you still have to pay for all of those things. But at the at the end of the year, you have to get your T4 slips and then the government would send me a, a, a piece of paper that I had to fill out so everything had to, to correlate with all of the payments I made throughout the year um, and, and with the T4 slips. And they did that for three or four years. Well, one year they decided to go online and and again this is you know i started my business in 2006 so maybe it was 2010 maybe it was in around there where i didn't get my piece of paper um in the in the mail and they perhaps sent me an email i'm i'm not sure but i i had paid all my all my source deductions for my employees um but i didn't fill out this one piece of paper and i started getting these notices from the government saying Linda Hamilton you have you know you have not sent in your T4 and I was well I don't have a T4 I'm self employed talked to my accountant Mike and he said yeah I don't know what they're talking about and finally called CRA very nice lady and she said oh you haven't filled in this piece of paper for your T4s for your employees and I said that's not what this the letter that you keep sending me says it says you want my T4 and you didn't say it's my business t4s for my employees and i was fined thousands of dollars it was awful but man you sure learn those are those are huge uh, learning experiences that that you learn and Here's me, my small little business. I don't know what someone with maybe 10 or 15 employees, I don't know what they would be doing. I think
1: think you just convinced everyone who's listening (laughs) not to have an employee.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm also kind of laughing here
0: because I'm, I'm, Feel like I uh, got the better end of the deal, Dan. In terms of our business, we we already agreed that you would be yes. managing payroll, and doing the bookkeeping. And yeah. I'm really happy now that I won't have to do that. But but I'm uh, <laughs> just to tease you a bit.
1: Yeah,
2: thanks. But
0: but I'm curious. Like, what are some recommendations that you have for people who are because you know payroll is a reality for small business, and as difficult as it might be or as challenging as it might be it's still a reality. Mm-hmm. So do you have any tips for it I mean I'm'm I'm, what I always tell my students is get an amazing accountant like number one that's an amazing thing to do. Um, I would assume that you know having things like QuickBooks is also really really good as soon as you have um, employees and that kind of thing but yeah do you have any do you have any tips?
2: You pay the government and make sure you pay it on time otherwise they will they will assess you huge penalties. So that's, that's a really big thing. Absolutely. If you have an accountant, a bookkeeper, even somebody just amounts ideas off of, um, but you use, use the people, um, that, you know, if you've got friends, if you've got family, uh, approach small business people, the vast majority of times when you're in business, you start to relate to other people or, you know, other people in your business. And and it, and it is important just to, to share all that information, very much so.
1: So in uh, episode six, we talked briefly about having employees. And uh, I wanted to touch base on that again because there are some, what happens, I mean, having great employees, obviously, and talking a bit about the brand and how they talk on behalf of your brand. There have been times where you had to fire some people
2: well I let go a few people mm-hmm. yes and um, uh, and as much as our our my employees at one time I probably had again not a lot I often would have two employees I think at one time I might have had four sort of overlapping uh, and and The first, the first time, I mean, when I had Sagan's friend Mark, I mean, he was only there for the summer, so he knew it was a it was a very short time. So it was really like, oh, your your contract is ended. You know, thank you very much. Um, But there have been other times when um, uh, where sometimes just didn't work out, Um, and um, one employee was um, really not good on the computer. and and she actually told me that at the very beginning Uh, but i thought oh you you could pick up on the computer and it was a struggle for her my charts are all on computer Um, we have we deal with a lot of inquiries on email which is all computer (laughs) and so at at one point in in time for for several years it was so busy at at work that i actually had employees coming into the, into the room. I had a computer in each room, a little laptop, and they would type out as I was doing exams, as I was doing acupuncture treatments, physiotherapy treatments, that kind of thing. I would be talking out loud and they would actually be typing into the, the chart. And and she really struggled with that. And it got to the point where she just didn't kind of catch on to, we had scripts um, and explaining things, and she would kind of freeze. She she uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was very nice to have her. She kind of helped me out at a time when I needed an extra kind of person there. But at the same time, you start to realize this is kind of affecting my, my business and my, it was actually making more work for me because when she was typing, she was very nervous about it and the charts weren't good and I had to redo them all. And uh, so it, you know, I, I did approach her and say, you know, thanks for coming in and helping me, but there's, there's, there's no further work for you. Um, I had another time where um, an employee crossed a line. Um, uh, I won't go into specifics, but um, it uh, she started telling me <laughs> what what I should be doing, um, and uh, uh, it was it, it was immediate that I knew that. Um, she gave, she pretty much gave me an ultimatum about when she would be working and what her life was going to be dictating as to how my office would be running and uh, my office wasn't there to you know to, to to support her and and that kind of thing to send her to school. So um, I, I knew immediately that it was time to let her go when I first started a business and thought, oh my God, how am I going to deal with human resources and employees and staff? But again, once you start your business and you go, you know what? I'm, I'm it, this is my business, I am passionate about it, I'm going to run it my way, which is why people start businesses, right? It's, I don't like the way other people run it, I'm going to do it this way, I've got a plan, um, this is how it's going to be, and when someone starts to dictate how, not even question, it wasn't, it wasn't a request, it was, you are going to start doing this, no, it's not going to happen, and it was very easy, in my mind, that, that little switch kind of clicked, and it was like, I'm going to be letting her go. I did not let her go when it first happened. I thought about it, um, and and really thought about how I was going to word it. It was very—I'm not going to say strategic—but I wanted the words to be appropriate. Um, and and actually, it it wasn't that difficult because she'd actually given me an ultimatum. So um, about her hours and wh- her schedule and everything and 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 who would be working and who I would have to let go so that she could continue to work. Um, so when I did sit down and say, I can't, uh, I'm sorry, I can't meet your demands. So, uh, and I did give her, I think it was, you know, probably a three month leeway um, uh, t- to, uh, you know, th- you, your job will be ending on this date. And um, it, it wasn't pleasant, <laughs> but I'm always, you know, being a veterinarian, I've had lots of emergencies and I go into a very calm, quiet mode. So it, it worked really well. Um, she did actually, you know, come in the next day and hand in her resignation for, for two weeks because she didn't want to look like she'd been let go or fired so that she resigned. So it, it all worked out. Uh, in the end uh, and it wasn't near as difficult as I thought it would be um, but it is something that you if you have employees you do have to, to deal with and uh, and again the buck stops with me it's my business and ultimately, I have to deal with it, and those are the kind of things. Regardless of when you are, when you're a business person, whether you have to deal with with um, the CRA, whether you have to deal with your employees, whether you have to deal with clients that you maybe say, "I don't want to deal with you. You have upset my staff, or you've upset me. You're difficult to work with. You're." A pain in the butt. You actually divorce clients, so I, we certainly do that in in uh, in veterinary medicine. I'm sure that's that's done in other businesses. But ultimately, when it, when it's not your business, you get like, oh, I'd hate to do that. But all of a sudden, when it's your business and you have that passion, you just do it, and it's much easier. <laughs> it's, it's much says. easier than you than than you think. But it still weighs heavy on your heart. Mm-hmm. But that's part of being a business person.
0: Hey Dan, what are you going to do after you have gotten married and you're home from your honeymoon and you don't have any more wedding planning? That's going to give you a huge amount of time on your hands.
1: That is true. I actually have no idea what I'm going to be doing when I get back.
0: Well, the Winnipeg Improv Festival is taking place October 17th to 21st, so you should totally check that out.
1: That sounds pretty cool. Where's that being held at?
0: Most of the shows are going to be at the Gas Station Art Centre, and there's going to be amazing improv performers and storytellers coming in from all across Canada and the United States as well.
1: Uh, Yeah, that actually sounds really cool. When did you say it was?
0: October 17th to 21st, right here in Winnipeg.
1: And where would I go to get tickets?
0: Well, you can get online tickets and also check out the full schedule of performers at winnipegimprov.com or visit candidpodcast.ca slash improv.
1: Uh, yep, definitely going to do that when I get back.
0: So we've been talking a lot about your business over these past 11 years that you've been your own business owner. So how has your typical day at work changed from what it used to look like when you first started your business to what it looks like now, years later, with this very established business?
2: Oh, man you know, when you gave me this, okay, full disclosure, you gave me these questions ahead of time. (laughs) And I looked at that question, and I started reminiscing about my business. And I thought, I haven't actually thought that far back, and kind of, kind of assessed it. But yeah, what a great, what a great question. I mean, when I started off, I would have maybe two or three appointments a day, I was open at eight in the morning, and I would go till eight, nine at night. I would just, I would stay there until I had, a until if people needed to come in at nine o'clock at night, I would do a nine o'clock appointment. Um, and um, my first employee, Sagan, was in university. So she was only there part time, uh, and I did everything. I vacuumed. I mopped the floors. So I cleaned the toilet. I answered the phones. I washed the windows. I did more vacuuming. Um, I uh, answered emails. Uh, interesting that uh, you know I'd get start getting phone calls, and I would give out tons of free information. I would be on the phone for sometimes half an hour giving free information for people, and. In Winnipeg, word gets around. It's a small, small place, and everybody knows everybody else. And 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 plus, I was already an established veterinarian, and I'd already been doing acupuncture up at my at the original um, clinic where I was working. So I actually already had a small client base, which was really cool when you're first first opening. Um, but I, I did I did everything. I uh, I I would uh, again I did all the cleaning, all that kind of stuff. Um, Built the shelves, um, figured out how to how, how the whole place would would run, and as as work progressed and we got busier and busier, um, we'd get these you know emails and people would say what do you do, and I would type out this huge long email and then realize every you know I might be answering two or three emails might be a day or every couple of days I was typing the same thing out over and over again I thought why don't I just copy and paste so I'd copy and paste and and then change the name of the dog or change the you know he and she and that kind of stuff and I was like after all maybe a I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a couple of months, probably just a couple of weeks. That this is crazy. Why don't I just make a script? Um, and so then I, I just had a script with highlighted so I could plug things in. And so my employees, as I got my employees, if we had questions on the email, you can just use this script. And then it was, how do, what do we say to people on the phone? Oh, well, tell them this, this, and this. And then, oh, why don't we just write it down? So then we started writing scripts. Things started to get to to get busier, um, and then I hired you know then I had two employees and I went from one part time to, uh, to two part time to two full time, and uh, and then we I think I went up to three full time, and uh, and again everyone or yeah I think at that time everyone was in university so they were you know maybe pulling a morning shift and an evening shift and going to class in the afternoon so I actually revolved the the, the appointments kind of revolved around when my staff could be there to to you know so that I could be in an appointment room and somebody could be out front. But initially, when I, if I was by myself, I would actually have a little little note on the on the front counter said, "Ah, uh, Doctor Hamilton is an appointment. If uh, you know if you want to wait, you can wait. Here, here's a pen and paper if you want to leave a note, and I will get back to you." So I was doing everything, um, all the laundry, doing all the laundry, taking the garbage out, doing and at the time we didn't even have recycling bins and i'm huge on recycling so i would drag the recycling home to my house and and, and dump it so it did everything and then as things got busier and busier i was like oh i don't have to answer the phone as much oh i don't have to answer the 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 emails as much i don't have to vacuum as much and it slowly got to the point where I'm only answering the you know, the, the phone, oh, maybe twice a week. And, uh, and I was always you know, putting bills through and, and, and using the debit machine and all that kind of thing. And after a while, I was like, oh, I haven't actually put a bill through in the last two or three weeks. And it got busier and busier and busier. And at the time, again, when you're starting your business, you work your butt off. I was working six days a week, on acupuncture, and then spending evenings and weekends on on the actual business, bookkeeping, buying supplies, that kind of thing, Um, and also taking courses. I was getting my chiropractic certification, and then I got my physiotherapy certification, and I got my Chinese herb certification, so I was studying, and and at the I think back and go, oh my God, how did I do all of that? But <laughs> but it, it just, we're, you just do it. You're passionate about it, you just do it. And then it got to the point where, oh, I have, actually don't have to answer the phone because my employees are answering the phone. And they would, You know, say, gee, there's this lady. She's got these really, you know, questions. I don't know how to answer. And I would take some of those phone calls. But it gradually got to the point where I wasn't answering the phone at all, and really wasn't answering the emails. Say, oh, I'm actually not doing any of the vacuuming. I'm not doing any of the laundry. And it was beautiful because I went from sort of running my business and doing probably two thirds or three quarters of the time doing stuff instead of veterinary acupuncture, I got so busy with my employees, all I got to do was acupuncture. And at, I don't know if you remember, Sagan, but I would just do back-to-back-to-back appointments from eight or 8.30 in the morning until six or seven or eight at night. I didn't stop for breaks, I didn't stop for lunch, I would just do back-to-back. And it, I mean, it, it established myself, you know, I, I got a great uh, clientele and a great, um, a wonderful word of mouth, but I got to the point where Okay, now I'm actually starting to get burnt out. Hmm. So then we started to put in, and bless my daughters, they said you are starting to take a lunch break, and we're going to start taking some little breaks throughout the day, and uh, and lots of times the the lunch breaks were okay. Now I can answer an email, or now I have to do charts, or whatever, or ta- you know, phone a vet, or do a report to send to a vet, or something like that. But but gradually we went from. Me working for all those long hours to to gradually starting to put in more and more time, um, and and it's interesting because at at the at the the high point of the busiest point again I think I had three or four employees and it was so busy that I actually had someone come into the rooms and and start typing charts for me because I didn't have time to write the charts so that was a learning process for the staff but man they picked it up really really quick and the the nice thing was except for the one employee um, all the and they've well, Mark was a was a male he was my only male employee for mm-hmm. for a short time but everybody was young and could type really fast so their typing skills were perfect um, and and then it that really speeded things up, so then I could see more you know more patients and not have to worry about staying for three hours at the end of the night doing my charts, because they're medical charts, they're legal documents, they have to be done properly, and everything is online for for my business. So um so yeah, it went from me doing everything in the business. And a little bit of acupuncture to me doing nothing but acupuncture and having never never having to do the laundry or the vacuuming um or any of that i still did my bookkeeping and i still figured out for supplies at one point um probably maybe five years ago i started getting my staff to um do her borders and start looking at gee do we you know do we need more acupuncture needles and that kind of thing because I always was doing that but I ah, very bright staff so they could you know gradually start to do that um, and now what's happened is that um, as I've as I've sort of progressed through my acupuncture career, and, and again, I, I started i started when I was 50. So I'd been a practicing vet for 24, 25 years, something like that. Um, and and I started this business when so many other people start to wind things down. So I started this business and worked my butt off in the 50s. Um, and as my staff have left, because again, a lot of them have been university students. So as they have finished university, they maybe worked for me for a year and then they went off to their careers then it was like oh well now i don't want to work evenings and so i started to compress my my days and then it was oh it's it's summertime and summer times are short in Winnipeg. Let's start taking Friday afternoons off for the summer. Well, that was so much fun. We're just going to extend that through the year. And then it was like, hmm, I don't know if I want to work Friday mornings anymore. So then I shrunk it down to I'll come in and do my book work on Friday mornings and answer the phone and that kind of thing. But I won't actually take appointments. And it gradually shrunk down. And just through evolution and how people have have, um, have have come and gone for my employees I'm down to to now just just recently down to one employee and right now we're only working three and a half days a week and it's brilliant you know I've, I've had this it's almost like a bell curve I'm doing a little bell curve in my in the air you know starting off with you know with sort of quiet, culminating to this huge, crazy, busy practice, and then gradually kind of tapering off. But I have to say working three and a half days a week is absolutely perfect. Um, My employee, my, you know, it's funny, I call her my office manager, my, my head receptionist, my number one right hand gal. Um, She does all the ordering. She does she does everything. She's been with me for for quite a few years, and uh, she she knows all the scripts. We've written scripts for virtually every. Incident. Every every question that can be asked in veterinary acupuncture, um, we've got a script for it, um, and and we've have amazing um, clients. So you get to know them. You get to become almost family with them. So here we are working three and a half days a week, and um, I can pay myself more than I have for years past, and yet working in a in a small you know Monday Tuesday Thursdays and Wednesday mornings. And it's lovely. No, no weekends, no evenings. Um, so, yeah. So it's really progressed from this, from this uh, me doing everything. to I, I still do not answer the phone. I do mm-hmm. answer some emails. Um, I one time my employee had a doctor's appointment, um, sort of a not an emergency, but sort of a last minute one, and we already had some patients coming in. It was like that's okay. I I can do this on my own. But it's funny, I won't answer the phone. I'll, I'll, it'll go to voicemail. <laughs> she could pick it up afterwards and, and uh, because we have a terrific answering service and i realized i had to put a bill through i was like how do i put a bill through the debit machine and i had to kind of think about it a little bit and i used to do that all the time but i thought wow it's and now i'm back to doing helping out a little bit with vacuuming and helping out a little bit with laundry because i've had two or three employees for so many years and now just down to one but it's a really nice evolution of of how it's worked
0: So what I'm getting from that as well is that it comes down to really delegating well and figuring out what you can delegate and making a point of actually doing that and letting a few things go and also having certain systems in place to actually be able to get to this point where you can work three and a half days a week and take time for yourself to do your own thing while still making a very nice income.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I am terrible at delegating. It took me a long time to let go, and when it's your business and your baby, it is really hard to let to trust somebody. Mm-hmm. And I could trust my daughters, um, but at the same time, I used to hover when they were answering the phone. Initially, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember Sagan, but I used to hover. No comment. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used to hover, and I used to listen to what they would say, and um, and and they were great. But you know, there's times where gee, you said this, maybe you should say that. And, 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 you know, eventually we started writing scripts and the scripts were so much better. Um, but it, it was, it's hard to delegate, but once you start to, it was like, I had to take, I had to take baby steps. It was my problem with delegating. My staff was absolutely capable of doing ordering of, you know, of, of, of figuring out when appointments should be, when I should be taking breaks, all that kind of stuff. And I I had to let go. I had to, to let them do that. And what a relief it is. You do have to trust your people. And I, again, I had a hard time letting go, but man, it's so lovely to have my wonderful staff member. Can I shout out her name?
0: Absolutely. Sarah, girl.
2: yay, Sarah. She's, she's just fantastic. And she's just stepped up to do so many things. As an, as an employer, I have to say that um, this is so important. If you have employees, you have to thank your employees. My employees have always been wonderful. I have not done a very good job, I don't think, of thanking them. So here's a shout out to Sarah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I'm so sorry if I don't thank you enough. Um, but she is fantastic. And the the little things that she does that that i don't even realize that she'll have done i can't even i can't even think you know she might call a client and ask them about their their pet or she might follow up on on something that I haven't even asked her to, to follow up on, and then she'll say, "Oh, by the way, I phoned Mrs. Smith or blah blah blah," and you know, "Poopsie's doing great," and, and they came in and picked up their herbs, and I you know let them know that the herbs were in. It's like, "Oh, that's great! I didn't even realize the herbs had come in." And you know, she she does the ordering and she can do all of the inputting into the computer, and it, it's it's so lovely that I don't have to worry about a lot of things. It's just she just gets things done. So if you're an employer, um, thank your employees. It's so, so important. Yes. So,
1: so we only have a few more minutes left. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? You had, you, this is your second episode, so (laughs) lots of (laughs) things to talk about. Is there anything else that we forgot?
2: I think, um, I I maybe want to go back to just networking and reaching out to the community and, and, um, advertising. So when I when I first started doing um, veterinary acupuncture, small town, knew everybody was involved. I talked it up big time. I said, I'm learning how to do acupuncture. Got everybody buzzed about it. Um, when I opened my business, I knew it was important to have a website. Um, got a website um, designed I love my website by the way Um, and now I'm on Facebook I don't do Facebook enough um, but all of that online stuff is social media is so important Um, when I started in 2006 the big things were still yellow pages and I'm old school so you have to have your ad in the yellow page it's expensive and probably a waste of money so uh, yeah i i wouldn't i would not recommend yellow sorry yellow pages but i wouldn't recommend it gosh i mean there's so many other ways of advertising one of the best things i did and it might not be for for everybody but in my line of business and word of mouth was huge 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 i had lovely business cards designed and um uh, shout out to Ian Scott from UPS. Um, he he designed really nice business cards for me. And I would, um, I sent them out, I sent out stacks of them to some of the, the vet clinics around who refer to me. But um, I would, uh, you know, make sure people could, would get them. But people would come in with their dog and they'd say, oh, you know, I'm in agility or I'm in a dog club or I go to the to the dog park. Can I take a stack of cards? And my clients were my best advertisers and they were giving cards, you know, out at the dog park and everything. And because my cards are really nicely designed, I love them. They, they went like hotcakes. I, I have, um, I don't know how many boxes of, you know, a thousand cards. I don't know how many I've gone through in the last 10 years but I've gone through thousands and thousands and thousands of business cards and that has been my you know if anyone's going into acupuncture veterinary acupuncture I'd say get the word out by by business cards that seems to be really good I know social media is you know is is a really big thing too but my generation baby boomers we still like our (laughs) piece of paper our little cards
0: and I think one of the really cool things about your business card, I mean, you do, you have beautiful business cards. And I think one of the things about it that makes it a little bit unique is that there's a little map on the back yes. and a little paw print showing where your vet clinic is, which is cute and unique. And I think also so valuable for people because when you do have a bricks and mortar business, how often do you you know, look at this place that you're thinking about going to and then saying, But where is that exactly on that street? You know, Cordon's a lawn street. Where exactly is that? And being able to identify where exactly it is makes a huge difference. So in having business cards, you know, if you can find some way to make it stand out and be useful in a unique way, Mm -hmm. that's going to be very valuable for people.
1: Uh, And to touch base on the social media piece as well, I think it plays more of a, a supporting role than it is it should be the first... And only type of advertising. I mean, there's tons of advertising out there. Uh, me being in in advertising for the past close to ten years now, so tons of different ways to advertise for sure. Right. Um,
2: yeah. Word word of mouth. I tell you, word of mouth has been my my biggest. Um, um, and always will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just been great. And, you know, you have to talk it up. When I go out to, um, you know, Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre to an, an event there and be chatting, and, and I always, you know, will try and flip that in that, oh, I'm a I'm a veterinarian. And people always think, hey, that's cool. And then I say, I'm a veterinarian that does acupuncture. And it's like, wow. But I, I do. I, I try and talk it up. I think anybody who who is in business regardless of what your business is um, you can be passionate about it if you're not talking about it and you're not promoting yourself nobody else is going to promote it for you no i mean there might be little shout outs but no one cares about your business it goes back to from from last time no one cares about your business more than you do and you're the one I mean it, you know you have to rely on yourself to to get yourself out there um, if you're not passionate it's not going to be a success
0: so where can listeners go to learn more about you
2: I have a terrific um, web page that I that I really like naturalhealingvet.com I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's naturalhealingvet.com
1: we'll put the link up on uh, candidpodcast.ca slash ep10 so you can definitely find it if that's not the case
2: <laughs> thank you and uh, yeah it's it's um, there's some pictures of my of my office. There's a few video links I have had different TV stations over the years that have come and filmed me and then they've you know given me the link for the for the little video of doing acupuncture on cats and dogs and and um, I've uh, I've got my list of certifications and and you can click on on those to see all of my different certifications, um, some nice pet stories, some some uh, testimonials from from owners, and great pictures of of the pets, and and uh, um, a little map, and uh, and some of the products that I carry. I don't carry a lot of products. That was one of the things I didn't want to, to do is have a lot of products, but I do have some sort of herbal type things um, that can be sold over the counter, and so those are listed on my on my webpage as well. I also have a Facebook page that uh, I probably should do a little bit more work on, but I'll post little videos or little pictures here and there.
1: Nice. Excellent. Well, thank you for taking the time and uh, to being so candid with your, with your business
2: thank you very much for having me and good luck to all the entrepreneurs and all the business people out there. And it's, it's a, it's a, a wonderful life. There's a lot of work, but it's very, very rewarding.
1: And that concludes season one of Candid Conversations. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we're going to be taking a brief hiatus into the uh, Christmas break and we'll start season two in the new year in 2018. Thanks for listening to the Candid Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with your friends and coworkers. You can tweet or find us on Instagram at juxtacomms, J-U-X-T-A-C-O-M-M-S to let us know what your thoughts are and if you have any questions for the next episode.
0: Visit candidpodcast.ca to learn more about this podcast and to access the show notes for every single episode.
1: Thanks to the Gas Station Arts Center for sponsoring this episode.
0: Derp. <laughs> I just, I, didn't, I was like, I should jump in and say something, and I had
2: nothing to add. <laughs> was it really fifty minutes the second time? Yeah. Uh, no Wait. Right Get now. out of here.